Hello and welcome to Your Dream Gym, where today you're going to be hearing from Caroline Richings of UK Active. I'm Guy Griffiths, and when I'm not talking about health seekers or helping clubs with their member retention, I like to chat to people about their dream gym. By talking about their fitness or exercise background and their favourite workouts, it helps you to know them better, which helps with networking and making connections. Because your dream gym is a part of the collective, a network of fitness industry professionals whose purpose is to help the industry to share, collaborate and grow. So please look up The Collective on social media and please share this podcast with your friends and get involved by liking, subscribing and joining the conversation online with the hashtag YourDreamGym. I'll pop back at the end of the pod with some collective news and details of the next guest on Your Dream Gym. In a moment you'll hear a quick word from our supporting partner this week and then you'll be able to get straight into the Dream Gym of Caroline Richings. This series of Your Dream Gym is supported by Explore Gym. Talking about and even building a dream gym is fun, but running a gym can be more of a nightmare. As a gym owner, you have to wear many hats, have headaches with membership payments, struggle to get the right data to make good business decisions, all while being held back by software that struggles to keep pace with your business. There is a solution, however. Explore Gym is a best-in-class gym management platform that provides everything you need to save time, engage your members, and grow your business. It's fast, responsive, and easy to use, so you and your team can be up and running in no time. Explore Gym is trusted by gyms big and small across the globe and offers all the benefits of working with a big business. Reliable, robust technology, continuous innovation, and support as you scale. Plus, an experienced UK-based success team who are passionate about helping businesses like yours. But there's more. Sign up for Explore Gym before the 30th of December and get three months of gym management software free. Find out more and book your demo at exploregym.co.uk. Today's guest is UK Active's Head of Partnerships and Growth, Caroline Richings. Caroline has a wealth of experience in the health, fitness, spa, and leisure industries, working at the Broadgate Club and Forza Fitness back in the 90s. Uh, she was an account manager at Promote PR and then spa membership, marketing, and leisure manager at The Grove in Hertfordshire. A very, very nice luxury health club, golf club, hotel, everything else. She then worked with Matrix, Reva Life, and Mihad Body Tech and co-founded Thrivology with her sister, Helen, in 2020, perhaps a future guest. Um, we'll, we'll see if Caroline throws her as a future guest suggestion. But earlier this year, May 2023, uh, she joined UK Active as Head of Partnerships and Growth, responsible for developing UK Active's relationships, corporate partnerships, sponsorship, and funding for policy research and programs to help get more people more active more often. Welcome to your dream, Jim, Caroline. Thank you very much for having me, guys. A nice introduction. I was quite like if you leave the dates out, because that kind of ten people how old but to, to tell people uh, how old you just yeah. the future. <laughs> or adds the value and the all, all the experience. So um no, very true. I wasn't sure. Yeah, wealth of experience, yes, could also be read as well, okay. 
but yeah, so sorry about the dates. But listen, you've been, yeah, had an amazing career so far. And you've been on that kind of consulting side, setting up businesses, working for organizations, clubs, and Matrix and Reva. What's it like? So you've now transitioned back into the kind of the, the corporate world, working for an organization. How have you found that so far this year? Yeah, fantastic. I think you hit the nail on the head, really. I've been very fortunate that I've been around that long, that I, I've had many roles in the sector, both supplier and operator, and then also some time in within spa and wellness as well. So I've, I've been really lucky that I've managed to experience quite a broad range of different roles and get and with that comes a lot of experience as well. So it was almost perfect timing, really, that the opportunity came up to, to join UK Active. If there was a job that probably would have been offered to me that that would have been the one that I would have wanted to do. Mm. Uh, many reasons why. Obviously, as you said, I started the business with Helen with Thrivology, which is a health and wellbeing company. It was very much positioned within corporate wellbeing, which it still is. And also within corporate well wellbeing within the real estate sector as well. So providing wellbeing solutions to uh, commercial buildings within the real estate sector. Fantastic opportunity for both of us and is still thriving. Um, but as the, the business was growing and going more in that area, in that direction, which was probably a bit more of Helen's expertise than mine, I, my heart has always been within health, fitness and leisure. And also I felt that was where I could utilize a lot of the experience that I've gained and bring it to UK Active, which is obviously the heart of the sector. And yeah, it's been great because being part of a bigger team again is good. Working for yourself is always challenging. I'm sure every entrepreneur out there would vouch for that. And being part of a bigger team has been fantastic. It's a great team at UK Active and there's such amazing work that's being done. So yeah, so far, so good. Really enjoying it. Yeah, cool. And it is, I think that there are a lot of people who've transitioned out, but also transitioning back in for that. Working within teams, as you say, the whole entrepreneur, the startup lifestyle, it, it is very hard, um, but making a bigger difference. And yeah, it is a, I think it's a, a great opportunity that's come up and yeah, you are a great bit for it but Thrivology is still going we were chatting just before we hit record I got the newsletter this morning and there's, there's, there's some really good touch in there yeah and starting any business particularly in the pandemic maybe not been the most sensible option but actually it was timing from a, an opportunity perspective it was something that we were approached to potentially provide for a large real estate company within the, within the corporate sector so it was an opportunity to be there. There was obviously a need for it, which was hence the reason why we approached to provide something for them. So I think that's only going to grow being within the corporate sector anyway, but just generally that focus on health and well-being, yeah. both inside and outside of fitness. And fitness is a part of that, an element of that. And you and I have talked at great length about this and about how we're going to attract more people to the sector. And mm. it doesn't always have to be through the channel of fitness specifically, but certainly that focus on health and how we as a sector can position ourselves to be able to provide more support for and services, facilities and so on to people who are looking to improve their health and well-being, not just their fitness. So yes, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time, I think. Yeah, it really is. And that's and yes, we chatted in the, the Thrivology days, but actually you've talked a lot and we've chatted a lot about things like Business Health Matters. Is that as a project that UK Active is involved in, is that... Is that one of the big ones for you? Or what is it that you're really excited about or that's really rocking your world at UK Active at the moment? There's several elements to it. I think one of the things that is well open, there's open many people's eyes that have joined UK Active and mine including, because obviously I've been on the receiving end of both an operator and a supplier for years as a member of UK Active. And it isn't until you actually get behind the doors that you realise how much great work is being done. And, and this is something that as an organisation, 
we're getting better at is communicating all the work that's being done. But the focus on the health agenda specifically is something that is a real focus for UK Active going forward. And certainly for the next year or so, next couple of years, there's some great projects and Business Health Matters is one of those, Mm. which essentially, as I said earlier, is about positioning our sector and upskilling our workforce to be able to deliver health checks to to organisations, to companies within the community. And if the project's been piloted for the last sort of two or so years, it will be completes in April next year and looking at how we might be able to then scale that model so that we can utilize our facilities more effectively to deliver health checks to to individuals who and they're equivalent to the GP health check that you would have but a lot of people don't take up those health checks so this is about us proactively going out into the community or into the corporate community to be able to deliver some of those health checks and utilizing our workforce to be able to do that. Mm. Another project similarly is the MSK Hubs project, which is a fantastic project. Again, it's been running for about two and a half years, which is about, again, positioning our facilities to deliver treatments or interventions to people with long-term MSK conditions. Mm-hmm. And again, as April post, April's a big month of next yeah. year, 24, is how we scale that model again to be able to provide more interventions, more services, more treatments to patients on endless waiting lists and alleviating some of that pressure from the NHS. And that's a real focal for, for UK Active. And you'll see that you've probably seen it across the whole sector. Everybody is talking about how we can position our facilities to be able to provide that support to alleviate some of that pressure on the NHS because we are able to do that. And, and mm. we, with, with training and we've got the facilities, we've got the space. So let's utilize the space. And be able to support people within the community. It means that they're not having to wait for months to get a hospital appointment or to see a clinician. That's yeah, ab- absolutely. But for those, if there are, if you are listening and um, googling MSK hubs, uh, it's must so musculoskeletal hubs. Yes, thank um, you. Musculoskeletal. No, it's uh, there, there's a. I was reading a health publication this morning and uh, trying to work out what a TLA, one of their three letter acronyms, was. And I, I'm, yeah more conscious of it or yeah i do it a lot you build in tlas but yeah musculoskeletal help. but those yeah the facilities you're right the facilities we've got and the staff and it's a way for me of retaining staff and giving them more purpose and saying look it's not just about fitness it is wider than that it is health yeah, it, and, yeah. The, the, and there's going to be a lot of data and a lot of reports coming out in april next year really excited to see how these programs are delivering more health and then you know how they're scaled as well. It's going to be a really, really exciting time. And as we've talked about, said many times before, this isn't just about attracting more people to the sector. It's about keeping them. It's about keeping them within our facilities. And if somebody in, a, in January, the cliche, oh, I'm going to get fit this year and they last for three months, we never see them again. Mm. That's probably because that wasn't the right avenue for them to really start investing in their own health and well-being. And so by upskilling our fitness professionals within our facilities to understand more about lifestyle, about stress, about health in general, yeah. that means that they can then program accordingly to that individual that's going to be more longer term. It's going to be more effective longer term mm. than if just here's the treadmill, go on that for 20 minutes and then let's do some free weights, which, you know, you'd like to hope we've moved away from that in some capacity. But we also do need to have more of, of that education and upskilling of our workforce so that they are able to work with people on a more of a personalized individual basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, listen, it, it does work, but for 10, 15% of the population. And if we're going to go past 20% by 2030, which is UK Actives, one of UK Actives goals. Absolutely. then 5 million we, poor people. By yeah. 20, yeah. 
but the, we, we've got to do something different. We, we're yeah. not going to get there by giving people a program and putting them to the, putting them to the treadmill, are we? Exactly that. Yeah. But I have to say, would you say about the acronyms? I think that's probably been my biggest challenge since I started at UK Active. Okay. In my head around the acronyms, the amount of meetings that I've been in where I'm writing them down and then Googling afterwards, exactly as you said, because I'm, the acronyms are just off the scale, the amount of acronyms that are used, not only obviously within our sector, but more specifically within health as well. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot. Yeah, it is crazy. T I always call them TLAs or I write a guide at the back of a manual that I've written that has TLAs, which are three letter acronyms. Uh -huh. Just as a, yeah, they can go to FLAs at some point, but I'll let, let the listener work that one out. So a lot of talk about health and MSK Hubs, Business Health Matters. We could, we, and we have before gone on for a long time, either at a conference or on a Zoom call talking about health, but we need to get into a little bit of your dream gym and before that we need to talk about what are your reasons for being active or exercising caroline where does it you know go back to for you oh goodness probably like a lot of people that work within the health and fitness sector i was very sporty i was one of those sporty kids didn't like maths not very good at science mm. it was all, all about it was all about sport um which i did as a child and or actually my my other passion was was acting i wanted to do i was an aspiring actress or okay. to do some sort of sport. With that in mind, I did a combined studies degree, which was sports science, obviously, but with drama, interestingly. Nice. So I had a very eclectic group of friends, uh, as you can imagine, yeah. uh, to uni. In those days, obviously, you could do a combined studies degree. So you could major, minor or equal on either, sub on either of the subjects. But after a couple of years of doing both, I decided that I wasn't destined to be on the stage. So I actually made it in sports science. And, and actually, it was purely coincidental that in my third year when I was doing my finals I was basically looking for a part-time job and I managed to get a job in a in a very high-end health club in Fulham in London in their tennis pavilion over the summer period and I worked in there they were building a health club at the time and then they offered me a job a permanent job after I finished my degree in their leisure in their health club and that was where I started and then I never looked back so it was very operational from from the start mm. on the gym floor went from that health club to the Broadgate club which spent the next four years some of the best four years of my whole career in that club yeah. uh, but again gym floor and then moved into sort of sales and marketing and so on but so really exercise and so on has just really been part of my dna from a very young age and then mm. just continued throughout my career but i'm very passionate about the benefits of it hence the sort of health link as well it's just something that i've always done and mm. uh, it helps me feel better for many reasons and that's the reason why i do it yeah nice and what, what were the sports or your top sports at, at school or even now? Uh, no, not many now, unfortunately. When you throw a couple of the children in the mix and suddenly your hobbies go out the window. And then the, um, I have actually recently retaken up netball. I did um, a few months ago before we, we moved house. And uh, so uh, Netball England were doing a back to netball um, initiative. And so I started playing netball again, which was great. But school was netball, hockey. And then my big passion was tennis. So I played tennis to a relatively decent standard. Yeah. So that those were my sort of three sports, really. Okay. Hence the link into the Fulham club. Instead. Yeah. 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 So it was, yeah, there was a Hurlingham club. So yes, very oh, similar. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. So I was there for a couple of years before I moved on to the Broadgate club. Okay, cool. Been a few, I'm just trying to think, was someone recently chatting about netball? I think it might have been Anna Lewin. But yes, I know Alina, my co-founder of the collective, is also big into her netball. 
And there's a lot of it about at the moment, I think, whether it is that back into netball program or just it, it is a good social sport to get out and do. I think so. And absolutely for the fact I said we've moved house recently into a very new area. So apart from family, I don't know anybody in this area and it's a good opportunity for for me to meet new people. Uh, and I have actually met somebody who said to me, oh, have, do you play netball? I said, well, I, I used to, but I've recently got back into it. Oh, you must come and join the the netball club. So I've, yeah, so that's my new year goal is to go and join the local netball group. And again, there'll be, there's four or five teams. There'll be the top two teams that are very competitive and yeah. I'm not really necessarily interested in that. It's just uh, training on with a group of people and yeah. getting to know people and doing something that, that I enjoy, but also means I'm still exercising at the same time. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Not the winning, it's the taking part. It depends. And I understand netball can, I've not played, but my, both my sisters did. And one of them has got back into it and comes back with black eyes and all sorts of injuries. Oh, I That's know. Cool. I didn't realise that myself until I said I played it last year for, for a few months. Two things. One, I actually forgot quite how competitive I was. That came back very quickly, even though it was all... What's so funny is obviously when you're playing it when you're younger and you are quite competitive and naturally you're very competitive, but you apologize a lot for afters. I'm terribly sorry like when you bump into someone or so on. That's what's quite, that's the difference now when you're older. But yes, right. uh, almost every single week, somebody had either hurt a finger, hospital with an ankle. It was something I thought, I don't quite know why I'm doing this. This is going to, there's definitely injuries yes. from it. It was good fun. No, good. Good. And what else is on, on, I was thinking about the kids in terms of the kids and sport. Is that something that has, has flowed through as well? You said, you said they got in the way, but I'm sure they also are quite active. Actually, I've got teenage girls. She's teenage. My eldest one is 20 now, but my youngest still a teenager. They get very bored with me banging on about the importance of exercise and all of that sort of thing. My, they both did a lot of sport when they were at school. But then they very typically got to that point, the drop-off point that we talk about a lot, which is the mm. sort of teenage girls. And if they're not specifically involved in a sport or uh, a hobby, both of my girls did dance. So there was a lot of, they're both, again, aspiring actresses. And so there's a lot of that creative dance and singing and acting and all of that. So if, then, mm. if you're specifically involved in a group or you don't follow a particular sport, which some girls do, like netball or hockey, to that competitive level, then there is that drop-off when they get to a certain age. Unfortunately, my eldest now, she's at she's at uni uh, in Twickenham at St. Mary's, which is quite a sports-focused uni. Nice. So yep. She's got back into the gym, so she does she goes to the gym now, which is great. And also, I know that it really helps her mentally and emotionally to do that exercise, and she understands that. Mm. My youngest is 16, so we're at that stage where the gym is like the worst thing that you could ever possibly do to me. But I think that's that level of the sort of intimidation and kids are the same age around that sort of 16 17 it's, it's embarrassing it's that sort of thing so it's overcoming that mm. which which is difficult when you're a teenager because you're finding your way and going into that slightly intimidating environment where there's groups of teenage boys doing bench press for 20 minutes at a time it's hard for girls to to, yes. to get over that yeah it really yeah it really is my yeah I'm, I'm a couple of years behind you in that respect with a yeah, 14 year old but yes the teen can see the teenage um vibes and concerns coming through and and yeah f finding cool stuff to do that is also an activity i actually get mine into the gym a little bit because it's going to help her climbing which is yes. really into the moment it's okay yeah I'll, I'll be able to get over that i'll be able to do this I, I would like to be a bit stronger and it's okay great but yeah so it's a really difficult balance and uh, yeah quandaries you get through it is. I think what else helps as well, specifically probably girls and boys, but fashion helps as well. 
Mm. Brad, Jim Shark, and so on, I think have also been hugely influential because it is cool to wear Jim Shark leggings and kit and that whole, I want to be one of those sort of, not necessarily endorsing the fact that people should walk around in leggings and whatever, but it is just that sort of aspirational wanting to be fit and it being okay to do. It's gone of the days of, of sort of lycra and thong. Now it's about looking good and fashionable and those sorts of things. So it's, I think it's that positioning as well of exercise being cool. Mm. Uh, it's not about the physical, I want to do that because I want to be thin or any of those things. It's just about actually it's cool to, to work out. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd never really thought about that, but that the whole athleisure wear, it does mean you are ready for a workout, whether you're going for a workout, whether you're going for a run or whether you're running for a bus. You are ready to do that. And it's taken one of the barriers away, which is I can't because I'm wearing drain pipe jeans. I'm going back a few years now, but <laughs> yeah, that are restricting me. But uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's a big thing is actually putting the gear on. And, and I, that probably is, is it's probably more relevant. I would say slightly older generation is that idea of going into that environment and having to put that kit on and then go into an environment that's very unfamiliar to you for young, for the younger generation now, it's what they wear all day, every day. Yes. That's, that's their, that part of their persona. So it's, you said it's removing that slight barrier of what, what it's like to be looking active. Yes. Yeah. You're like ready. You're, yeah, you're ready to be active. You don't have to go in the changing rooms in the leisure centre. You can go straight into the gym and you can go straight out again. In fact, probably you can go out wearing what you're wearing. I, I would, I, yeah, I wouldn't, but I don't mind going in the changing room first. So. <laughs> cool. So what about your, what, in terms of workouts and exercise, what does that look like now for you, Caroline? What's your, what would be your weekly workouts or your favorite workouts? Again, that's changed a lot over the years. I think we're very much, I'm very much more aware now of being kind to my body as well I think again when I was younger it was all about just going as hard as you can for as long as you can and it was all about the sweating and the yeah and so on but now it's it's very much more balanced for me it's that variety I'm naturally a member of a gym but so run run slash jog these days yep. once or twice a week also like to do a class it, it just has to be variety I've been doing it for that many years like anything you have to maintain that momentum and to get yourself and drag yourself there you want to know that if you're going to do that obviously you've, the benefits you feel afterwards but if I was doing the same thing week in week out like anybody I think I'd get bored of it so it's a combination of classes a bit of running I do more strength training now than I've probably ever done because of all the benefits of strength training especially as you get older yeah. And also a real focus on flexibility and core specifically. My learned friend, Kenny Butler, who's the strategic lead for health for UK Active, who's in my team, I'm very fortunate, yeah. who is a physio by trade. And I had this conversation with him the other day because I have a very weak lower back and I've had some back problems in the last few years. And he just kept drumming home to me about, you need spending too long sitting down uh, and you need to do more with your core. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to really focus on now is core strength, flexibility as well. Which you've got to now with Kenny and your team. Those. Yeah, there is that. And he's right. Far too long sitting down looking at a laptop. Yeah. Um, and, what, and when you say classes, are those, I'm thinking that's then therefore Pilates, yoga, body balance type stuff? Or Not always. Or, I, I, yeah, I love body balance. And yeah, stretch classes I like to do as well, specifically if my flexibility is so poor. But also I love doing things like body pump. I love spin classes. Okay. I love experience in a class as well. So I'm all for, for 
I think where the boutique sector has done incredibly well with that. I remember doing a spin class a few years ago at Cycle in London is when I was working with Matrix. And honestly, I can stop laughing for the whole class because the instructor, who was just incredible, I think he probably spent about five minutes on the bike and the rest of the class was just gyrating generally around the studio. Absolutely fantastic. It was like the best class I've ever been to. But that's what you need. You need to be, it needs to be joyful. It needs to be fun. And it needs to be a great experience. It was, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so a true rock star. You'd expect it to yeah. be a rock star instructor. One of the rock stars, yeah. Yeah. More of a West End show than a spin class, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And but conversely, I've been in a class where the instructor was clearly a cyclist. That obviously you could tell. I think you can tell just by what they were wearing. But again, a, a total opposite from an experience perspective. It was very... There was no personality. It was just very about the, the the data and the stats and the now we're now we're going to move on to this bit. And you then start counting the minutes because you're thinking, is this, when's this over? And but actually, what you want is that it, you want to have an experience to the point where you've gone 40 minutes into a class and you've realised you've only got five minutes left. And it, that was a really great experience. Yeah, I'm booking into the next one now. Right? Yeah, yeah brilliant. And talk to me about running as well. You're running a couple of times a week out with a podcast or headphones on or out Absolutely. with someone Always has to have, have to have headphones. I can't actually run without music or something that I'm listening to. I can't stand hearing my own breathing. I'd rather just walk at that point. But yeah, it, again, it's, it's run slash jog. It's not always yeah. a sort of a full on. It's just about getting out in the fresh air. And even if it's a sort of relatively short run, something that I like to do a couple of times a week. And always listen. That's especially since the pandemic. I think obviously the growth of podcasts generally, but the amount I've learned in the last three years from listening to podcasts is quite incredible. Just going through now, my sort of playlist is all the different podcasts that I like listening to. But yes, yeah, it's something I've never been particularly good at it. Don't understand why because I've been running for so many years. But it is something that I will consistently do. I think it's the psychological thing. Is I think I hit a point. Mm-hmm. Feel like oh okay, I've done it now, and then. Rather than pushing yourself further, I think I've done enough now. And then I've never quite got like I've never done a 10K. Never got that far. Do you think the years I've been running, I should be able to nail a 10K? Never done it. Okay. Do you need to though? Absolutely not. You're right there, guy. But in my head, because it's that competitive part of me, thinking oh, I should okay. be able to do this. I should be able to do this. But yeah, no, I haven't quite nailed that yet. Along, along the podcasts, maybe? I don't know. I mean, yes. <laughs> I do, I do, I have the same when I'm, if I have a, you know, really busy week and it's like client conference, something else, you know, I, I will often take my trainers with me and go for a run around whatever town or city I'm at or be in the gym. But occasionally I'm like, I'm getting behind on my podcasts. I, I need to go for a run or I need to get to the gym because the pod might, I'm missing out on learning, as you say, or exactly. probably more entertainment in my case. But, um, uh, the other option is a dog. Do you have a dog? No, we have cats. Yes, we have one cat as well. But I feel that's the other option because that's where you're forced to get. Sometimes when you're out walking um, or running, only people out in the wind and the rain and whatever. And you think that's that gets people out. It forces people to do it on a daily basis. I think that's a great incentive, isn't it? It is. It's one of the, I think it's one of the best health interventions there that's is. So and cool. I've said it, I've probably said it more on the health seekers stories than I have on your dream gym, but I'm sure it's come up on here with, John Oxley or Andy King or someone, the fact that twice as many households have a dog than have gym memberships. Yeah. It's something like 30, 40% of UK households have a dog and you've got to be out there every single day. It's non-negotiable unless you have a dog walker, but really? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? But yeah, you're out every day, rain, shine, you have to be. It's brilliant for 
yes, it's good for your mental health to stroke it and lower your blood pressure and all that good stuff. But actually having to be in the outdoors yeah. every day is, yeah, it's really good and more expensive than a gym membership, depending on where you're going. And it's, you definitely can't cancel your direct debit after a month for the dog. No, that's very true. It's, it's, it, it is not just for Christmas. I think we've established that, haven't we? Yeah. But yes, a 10K, I mean, yeah. It, it is something to aspire to. And as you say, from a competitive point of view, yeah, but I, th I think the fact that you're out there running twice a week or jogging or whatever, but moving. Yeah. I think oh, I, sounds saw, I saw a report last night of an amazing inspirational lady who has, uh, has been diagnosed with breast cancer and she just completed the Hyrox challenge. And then of course that's the, that's the big fad. And so call it the fad. It's kind of, but it's yes. the moment is Hyrox. And I know a number of people who've, who've uh, taken part you know, I can only aspire. I look at that and I think, wow, these people who train for that. But to have that focus, I think just to train for something mm. would be amazing. That would be something that I think would be, I'd love to be able to do something like that. I think because of the variety of the nature of the competition, rather than, or you just got to run for 10K. This is it's just, it's, it's a variety of different disciplines. Yes. And that would be amazing but it just looks so hard <laughs> of trying to train for that looks yeah, yeah. and it doesn't yes in terms of the challenge and the as you say your competitive nature i think it's interesting but at, at the same time i would temper that with your first point on what kind of workouts you like ones that are kinder to your body ones yeah you, know, you don't want to necessarily sweat as much and you've got kenny in one ear talking about your back, but then I'm sure equally you've got Dave Gerrish in your other ear saying, come on, let's do high rocks or, that, oh, or, or, you nailed or it. Absolutely right? nailed it, guy. Exactly that. Do, do you want to do you fancy being my partner for no peace? We've already had that conversation, believe me. I'm sure regularly. <laughs> Excellent. So yes, shout out. Actually, we've not had Kenny on the, on your dream gym either. There's someone, someone else with future guests. But and yeah. you've got two guests already. You've got Helen, who definitely should have on. And also, yes, absolutely should have Kenny as well. But yeah. think with the growing focus of health mm. uh, and the, said the positioning of our sector and the work that UK Active is doing, I think he would be, yeah, would be a great person to have on. Yeah, for sure. But yes, Dave Gerrish, episode nine in series six. Go back and have a listen to that. And um, Oh, I've listened to that one already. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking for for the other listeners. But um, yes, but that's it. it is he, he is out out there, um, and maybe after after you now more for a challenger of high rocks. Now you said that, Caroline. We will see. Let's get on then to your dream gym. You've yes. got unlimited resource. It can be any way you want. What does it look like, or sound, or smell like? What would your dream gym be, Caroline? <laughs> Actually, that was my question around, I'm assuming that I have unlimited resource with here and this is, this would require huge investment, but, but it is a dream gym. The first thing obviously would be that it wouldn't just be a gym. I think that's probably a given. So it would most definitely be, I don't know whether you call it a, a, a well-being destination or so it would have a combination of a number of different elements that just didn't, that didn't just focus around fitness. And I was fortunate enough. When I did some work a few years ago with the, at the Fairmont with the Park Hotel, which when I worked with the amazing Lisa Barden, who was the spa director there at the time, and her vision was to create a, a facility that was bridging the sort of the between traditional spa with a, a, a spa hotel health club with your spa mm. treatment, your spa facilities and the medical 
world. It's bridging that gap uh, and bringing some of that sort of health-focused, but more holistic health-focused treatments and services within that um, spa facility. So in a way, we had a bit of a blank canvas, which was an amazing opportunity to do that. And in some ways, we did create that in Fairmont Winter Park. All being said, it was, again, very high-end. Um, it's a five-star hotel, so clearly some of the services are, it's not particularly accessible, whereas right. my gym would be accessible. But it was about inviting people to be part of a facility or a community that would bring them into that more of a mindset around health and well-being. Mm-hmm. For instance, you'd obviously have your gym space and you'd have your studios. You'd have all the traditional facilities that we would expect, your sports hall and so on. A pool, definitely a pool. We'd have all of that. But then supporting that would be those additional holistic services that whether it be hot and cold therapy or nutritional therapy or counselling and mental health support, it would be all of those services that would be available. Again, the long-term conditions, MSK, cardiac, any of those sorts of conditions. So the clinicians or, or therapists that were based within that facility so that the community can access those services almost as a first. Mm. They didn't go directly down the fitness route. So I always imagine that scenario where we know that exercise really supports mental health. We know that's talked about at length and we know that there's science behind that. Yeah. But actually if you're in a, in a, in a, an environment where you're going to, to see a mental health uh, therapist or you're having counselling in a clinical setting or in a different environment, different building, for your therapist to then say to you, actually exercise could really help you from a mental perspective. And then you expect that individual, who's obviously not at their best at that time anyway, to take themselves to the other side of town, to join somewhere they've never walked in before, they've never exercised before in a very intimidating environment. and mm. then start exercising that's a big ask for anyone anyway um so if those services were housed within an environment then which then became familiar to them the the people within the team within the the facility were were familiar to them they build those relationships it's a much easier ask to ask somebody okay when you come in to do your session next week you're having counseling on so on let me introduce you to Jenny in the gym and she's our one of yeah. our amazing PTs and she can talk you through how this could really help. It's a much, it's a shorter walk from there actually trying to make that big step. Similarly with a, a condition that you might have, whether I said, whether it be MSK or uh, more of a health related condition. Again, it's that building that relationship with the individual to then show them how the benefits of exercise and activity and movement can support what their condition, condition might be. Mm setting within the same setting it's a much yeah. easier ask than expecting somebody to join a gym which is essentially uh, people. To- yeah yeah but so, so it, it is this it is a similar referral or signposting process but you're as you said you're walking them down to the gym or maybe even better we're getting was it jenny yeah we're getting someone from the, the gym to come up and meet them where they are to coin another or to coin an alliance TA6 that's friends. That's and, they're absolutely right, yeah. But not but not to necessarily take them to the gym. No. To actually go, look, we're in this room or in this area of Caroline's Dream Gym and we're going to meet you here. We, you know, we're going to come up and talk to you about physical activity and there's not going to be people dropping weights. I don't know if there's people dropping weights at your club anyway. 
But, you know, there's not treadmills. There's not the kind of scary stuff because treadmills and concept two rowers and God knows to a lot of people, they just look like torture devices. They absolutely do. And we can yeah. talk to you about activity and exercise as, as we've been talking about without going into all that. Yeah. And I should obviously caveat with me saying this is it's hardly innovative because there's a lot of work that's amazing work across the UK that's the, where there are operators and facilities and um, local authorities and so on who are already driving some of these types of initiatives where they are housing other uh, services within their facilities for every, all the reasons I said earlier about how yeah. we can reposition our sector for that. It's just, it's, it's doing more of it. And it's, and it's joining up those dots of what holistic health will look like. And not just the, the clinical staff or the people who have long-term conditions. It's also that people might like to try things like mindfulness or breath work or any way that they feel that they've seen something that's of interest to them that pushes them down that road of mm -hmm. investing some time in their own health and well-being. And then yeah. hopefully that will open up the world to what else is available to them out there but also create that level of confidence that they might as well. I've tried that and actually that was quite good. I enjoyed that. And I've met this group of friends and, oh, a couple of them do this other class on a Monday. I might go and do that with them. And yeah. that's what starts to open those doors for people on the benefits, all of the benefits of health and fitness and wellbeing. Rather than just said, just somebody on the 4th of January goes, oh, I better join the gym then. And, and then they've got and that last five minutes and or if they ever even do it because of the barrier of having to step into the world that we know and love so, so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, yes. Let's not get into the number of people who join a gym and never visit, but there is a number on that and mm -hmm. it is, it, it, it's horrific, but I think there's, it sounds like a, a great club and I, I like that aspect of it's the spa, but it's also the holistic health, which is not necessarily, I've got a specific issue with my back or a problem here and I'm referring myself, but I'm coming because I'm interested in my health and I want to learn more about it. And if that leads down the great, I'm going to run on treadmills and pick up weights and put them down again, route amazing. But equally it could just go down the, yeah, I'm going to go and try out some yoga, try out some Pilates, which I've chatted about a lot on the pod before, or equally, and this does talk to my retention kind of brain a little bit. But when you were talking about people doing breath work, let's get some of the people from the gym and teach them some breathing techniques. Cause actually they're then going to go back and get so much more from their workout Yeah. because yeah, the, the, the number of people who are huffing and puffing in the gym and could be doing a much better workout with the same weights, just a bit better technique because they're breathing better would be cool. Wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I genuinely believe as well, that one of, one of the. One of the elements of my G dream gym would be for new members as well, is that sort of buddy. The sort of, but as I call it, it's a bit twee, the buddy system, but, no, but again, we know what you mean. Yeah. But obviously from, as I said, from my experience of now moving into a new area and I confidently joined the gym because I'm happy in that environment, but I don't know anybody in that gym yet. And, and you go to a class and you might say hello to a couple of people, but I haven't yet created those relationships with the people within there. Uh, and it would be great if somebody had said, let me partner you with, with so-and-so when you joined. And yes. also, not only do you start to create those relationships, but then you also, you have that level of accountability that you say, should we do a workout next week together? And then suddenly you've got someone to go and work out with. And I, I'm a huge advocate for that, creating, helping people to create that community. Short mm. of putting in one of the, the benches that they have in playgrounds when you go and sit there. So you want a friend. So I think yeah. I always thought we should have a friend's bench in, <laughs> you can go and sit on a yes. bench and have a chat with you. That yeah. would be my, my, that's one of the best things my son was looking forward to in year six. 
was like, really? I'm going to get, I'm going to get a playground friend hat and I'm going to go into the little playground and help people. And I was like, oh my God, where did you get this? Oh, okay. I know where you got this from a little bit, but he just wants to go and coach people and help people and break up fights as well. Yeah. There's all sorts of different parts yes. of that role, but yeah, the buddy system is, oh yeah, massively underplayed. I think so. I think so. Be. And you're right. It doesn't want to be a bench. You don't necessarily, but something that as you join, it's just another question you could be asked. And would you join people up with other inexperienced people? Or would you have people who are, would you have a year six there who's been there forever, that who, who looks after you? Or which way would it work? Um, that's a good question, actually. My feeling was more about the new people. So, you Putting know. them together. Yeah, I think because they're in the same situation as you. So it is, again, about having that sort of someone to meet when you go there and that you're you're in the same sort of, you're both in the same position. But actually, you're right. There's huge value to potentially being being partnered with somebody who has been there for a long time, potentially knows a lot of other people and knows a lot about the community and that you might enjoy this class or yeah. come to this club. I'd have a lot of clubs in my gym as well. So okay. whether it's clubs or walking clubs or um or whatever whatever the sports clubs whatever it might be but again just driving that level of community and and getting people to join things i know that one of the sports there's two sports isn't there there's some um, paddle and pickleball that are really starting to grow in the uk as well and i've actually seen in my local leisure center they were playing pickleball and i did have a look that kind of tennis connection i thought yes. I be any good at that but it's getting that courage to go why don't I go and do join that on a Saturday morning and mm-hmm. again a way to meet people but doing something that, that's enjoyable it's exercise and it's not necessarily just going to the gyms absolutely yeah yeah and hugely social as well both of them <laughs> it, it is yes it's a sport but it is I've not tried them yet but I've seen it a lot um, obviously traveling around and yeah hugely sociable yeah exactly um, yeah so, lots of clubs as well and also and the group X timetable would be again, as I've mentioned, hugely but varied, and and dance as well. I've got a thing about the whole dance. Again, it's just it's that enjoyment factor of, and I'm not talking about necessarily additional ballroom. Like, I mean, strictly just is on at the moment, isn't it? We all want to be able to dance like that. But I'm just talking about those classes where you've got some really great music, and it's just about moving, yes. and it doesn't have to be a sort of structured, choreographed class, but it's just about finding a way of moving that isn't necessarily those people who don't necessarily have that rhythm or or that coordination. It's just about enjoying yourself to put some great tunes on and just yep. dance for 45 yep. minutes. I can't think of anything better. No, as long as there is a rock star instructor and not someone who's going through the numbers and, and I know that was spin rather than dance, but yeah, there's a lot to be said for just having a laugh and, and actually if the move, if the choreograph moves are difficult and you're getting them wrong, that's probably even better, right? It doesn't matter. It's just about, it's, it's probably for the older generation again, but those of us who used to love a dance floor and didn't get a chance to do that very often. And apart from the UK Active Awards, where I managed to, I, 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 two and a half hours I was on that dance floor. So I, I, I don't know where that came from, but that's obviously where I, I just love dancing and, and music. Yeah. You don't get a chance to do that very much anymore. Nice. So just having that opportunity to go and do that on a Monday night for a class for an hour. I'd, Absolutely. I'd that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it, and in my case, not worrying about treading on people's particularly yeah. ladies with nice high heel shoes, treading on their toes on the floor. I'm sorry. Actually, I'll take myself off and do something else. <laughs> Whereas if you're in a studio in your dream gym, hopefully there's a bit less of that going on. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Sounds like a great club. So we've got that. We've got the fitness and 
wellness kind of sides of things. We've got a great group X timetable. We're taking people from the coaching and well-being side across to the gym or the classes if they want to. What else is, what else do you need in your dream club? Are we thinking about change rooms? Are we thinking about cafe? Are we thinking about, you mentioned there is a pool. Yeah, it's, yeah, because it, uh, again, I think swimming again is just having a pool there for people who don't necessarily want to go in the gym or lift weights, or as you say, going on any of the machines because they don't like the look of it. Um, swimming is great um, exercise as well. So uh, having that option um, from a, the cafe, absolutely. You have to have somewhere you can go and sit and have a chat with people after you might have done a class or done a workout. From a gym perspective, and again, I'm very passionate about this sort of, sort of the, gym, the gym layout or the gym design. There would have to be a vibe, absolutely, because having had uh, ha, yeah, been fortunate enough to see very, quite a lot of very high-end hotel gyms that are beautiful to look at, but also quite sterile in a lot of, of cases, empty a lot of the time, mm -hmm. a bit of a showroom really. And you go in there and think, actually, what is motivating me? Music's not very loud. I'm not suggesting really loud music, but it's just a very, it's a showroom style gym. Looks yeah. very nice, but not very motivating. So as a reference earlier about the work that we did at Fairmont Windsor Park, again, I was very fortunate. It's a bit of a blank canvas. I had the opportunity to do that gym design. And what I wanted to make sure was that there was space. I don't like gyms that have, it depends on what the space you've got available to you, but sure. open spaces where you don't have particularly free weights areas that are tucked around a corner. As a woman, I feel very passionately about that because they are dominated still in the main by men anyway. And we're trying to encourage more women to do resistance training. So you want a big open space where it's free for everybody to move around without me feeling like you're stepping into an environment that's out of your comfort zone. Yeah. A big, I personally do this many times, might not surprise you, will go into a free race area just because if there's no other women in there, because I just want to make that sort of slight statement that this yeah. is for everybody. Yes. In hope that other women might join me, but also a big functional area as well. I love functional training. I think that functional areas in gyms to be able to utilize them, not only for individual training, but small group X as well, that creates that that, that vibe within the mm. gym. But also functional training is great for you as well. So a big open space, big fun functional area, and that selection of cardio and so on that we know everybody likes to have. Sure. But just a lot of variety and a big open space that doesn't feel that people are going into areas that they might not feel is comfortable for them to step into yeah so almost the, the cardio is almost in not in the corner but more in the corner than the free weights and the functional stuff is that is in the middle or out of the open so that as you say it is more accessible for everyone whether it's someone new or someone female or someone just less confident and they can see what's going on and everyone can see that group x class going on yeah, so well, the, the sorry the small group training going on around the rig or whatever it is yeah absolutely and that would be in addition to the studio spaces because i know that there yeah. are some people who wouldn't necessarily like to do a class in front of the whole gym so your studios would be separate to that for people that like to go and do a class where the door's closed and they can they're just doing their class and they're on their own but within that gym environment where you have people that are training and there's a lot of people who are very confident and particularly with strength training and it's just removing so that intimidation for others that know that actually strength training might be good for them, but they mm. just don't want to go into that environment because it's in the corner over there and it's, it's full of blokes. That's yeah. not what we want. We want it yeah. for people that they can, it, it's going into, going to pick up a set of free weights means that it's just 
it's just over there rather than I've got to go around this corner and I've got to pass five benches and it's just keeping that open for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and uh, talk to me about staff as well. I'm, I'm guessing they're probably um, fairly key. If we're Absolutely. just getting more people in and making it more inclusive. Absolutely. And you talk about inclusivity as well. This is something that I would again engage, engage the support of another one of my very learned friends at UK Active, Tim Mathias, who's the head of EDI and uh, inclusion. Yeah. Brilliant individual. But just really looking at the whole space from a physical perspective, but as well as ensuring that we are inviting every demographic group out there and making the spaces, all the spaces as inclusive as possible. And that will be reflected in the staff as well in, in their approach to this is, this is very old school, which I'm sure you and I would know way back when I worked on the gym floor, mm. at, as typically when you're a young fitness instructor and you're huddling around that desk in the corner, which actually now they've removed quite a lot of in a lot of gyms anyway, for that reason. Yeah. But we did it when we were young and, and we on an early shift and just hung around in the corner. And if we saw that our fitness manager's feet coming down the stairs, we'd all scatter like ants and go and talk to people. But actually that's absolutely key is that we, I would want to see those instructors talking to people and it's not, I'm going to come and correct you or tell you how to do something. It's just say, hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. Oh, you just joined. Oh, great. And just chat to them. Where do you live or whatever? It's just having a conversation with them and just creating that rapport and that relationship. And then they might come from that. Do you need any help with anything? Can I yeah. support you and so on? But it's, it's just having that interaction and bearing in mind, unfortunately, still for our sector, it's not unfortunate. We've got some amazing young people that work on in the gym, on the gym floors, but it is still very young as a demographic. So yeah. for older people coming in as well, it's wanting to see people as with every environment where, that we live in, you want to see people that look like you. So when you go into that environment, you want to be able to relate and be able to go and approach someone. So you want people that are, that look like you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it goes back to the health, some of the you know health seeker stories we've got to shout out that again. But also there was a great article recently about a guy who had retired from working on the railways, I think, and was now a lifeguard, I think, maybe with someone like Stephen Edge or certainly a site that used to be Stephen Edge when I was working with them. And yeah, it was now trained up as a, it was the oldest lifeguard in, in the team by a number of decades, but loved his job and loved sitting on the stool and loved saying hi to people and occasionally saving lives, but ultimately just complete reskilling, retraining and wanting to do something different, which I think we, we need more of. And yeah, Tim Mathias would definitely take care of that. He would. And nine times out of 10, those people are the most popular members of the team yeah. anyway, from a member perspective. 100%. Uh, because they're doing something and they're passionate about it, but also they're relatable. Yeah. And uh, and that is said, that's not taking anything away from, we've got some great, talented, young people that are coming into the fitness industry. We want to attract more of that as well. Yes. And also but we want to be able to educate the younger instructors about all of those things for every single age, whether it be the condition, the clinical conditions we talked about, or whether it's menopause or something. We want people to know what they're dealing with. So when they're having conversations with members at whatever age they might be at, male, female, gender, that they can relate to that as well. Mm -hmm. That's again, where Tim's doing some great work at UK Active about providing that guidance and that support for any one of those different demographic groups that, that you might be engaging with as your members. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. In a nutshell, then engaging staff who aren't yes. afraid to say hello, <laughs> so, so say hello or yeah, maybe they are scattering when the manager comes, but ultimately they are interactive with members to try and, you know, to try and motivate them, um, not correcting their exercise, but at least saying hello so that the members know that if they do want someone to buddy up with, they'll be looking out for them. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, and anything else? You mentioned the cafe. We've got so that yeah, a lot on gym design. I think that's really good, really important, and getting the right vibe. Is there anything else you need for your train gym, Caroline? Ricky, I don't know. If I, have I missed anything? I think I've, I feel I've packed it full of. I was going to uh, say. Yeah, it's a big space with lots of people in it, lots of services, lots of lots of health and well being focused uh, support. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, focus on on uh, on training, education, upskilling the workforce, providing those services within one space rather than it being in different spaces. Yes, yeah, and yeah, just being a great place to want to go to. Yeah, cool. That's, uh, sounds sounds like a almost a perfect gym to me. Particularly, I think that as you say, the bridge between the wellness, the well being, the mental health, the coaching, and the the activities. Group X or fitness, whatever else. Have you got a name in mind? Would you? What, what would you call your dream gym? Yeah, I did think about this because I mean, there's some great, there's some very sort of inventive names out there. That so I thought that's quite a good one. But actually, I would probably go with the name that coincidentally I actually created when I was working as a consultant a few years ago, a couple of years ago, which I registered at Company's House, not quite done anything with yet. But who knows? It might resurrect itself at some point which is just be well. So B-W-E-L, be well. Okay. Yes. So I think it's one of those, does what it says, coming to this well-being destination slash gym slash center, whatever mm. you might call it. It's just about investing in your own health and being and being well. And that's really, I think that's the most important. That's all we, should, all we can really do really is just be as well as the, as we can. So be well. Uh, perfect. So it is it's literally be dot well. Yeah. So it's not talking fitness. It's not even talking health necessarily. It is just be well. Be well. Great. Love it. Very good. Not just a gym. It's a well-being destination. Bit of a, a there is a there was obviously a focus on fitness, but it's also the whole health club being not so much medical but holistic health. Yes. yes. Be, be well. Great. Love it. Let's grab one or two quick fire questions from the quick fire question bank. The, I think it might, we talked about netball a little bit, but what was the last workout or activity you did? Or what is the next one that's on your plan? I'm hoping to go this evening, actually, because I didn't go yesterday, but my last would have been on Sunday morning was a run on Sunday okay. morning. That is a bit short on a, a weekend on a Sunday morning. My husband and I go out for, uh, again, he runs much more than I do. He runs almost every morning. That's his thing. But on a Sunday morning, we will go out for a run together and oh. I buy a Sunday newspaper on the way back from the run, come home, get my coffee, read the Sunday paper. So that was my last workout was on Sunday. Lovely. Great. And then the next one, did you say, sorry, tonight or tomorrow night? Opening this evening, I might be able to. Yeah, it's uh, it's instead busy. It's, it's been a busy week. It's been a busy few weeks. It's getting more and more difficult to try and fit them in. But yeah. as we know, it's got to be a priority. So I just, I'm hoping that once I clock off this evening, I will actually get myself to the gym. Okay. We will let you go in a minute so that you can get everything done so that you can go to the gym. But one more, what, who would be the classic question, the dinner party question, some people call it, who would be your workout buddies? You can have anyone alive or dead, famous or friends, who would you love to um, have in your dream gym to do a workout with? Do you know what? There's almost two parts to this, really, because my if I had to have a workout, I would say that I wouldn't turn down a workout with Brad Pitt, let's be honest. But I would say that, no, my 
I'm very much flying the flag for those women of a certain age who are doing amazing work or an amazing job of promoting exercise and activity and so on. Once they hit that sort of that certain age, people like Davina McCall, even somebody like Jennifer Lopez, she's off the scale really, but Jennifer Aniston, I'm thinking famous people that they would know, but those women who've hit that certain age where quite a lot of the time, and it's a challenging time for women at that age anyway, where they feel that they might slightly drop off the, the edge of the world somewhere. And it's about maintaining your health and, and exercise is a big part of that. And it doesn't mean mm. you have to be training like Jennifer Lopez does every week. And in fact, somebody like Jennifer Aniston is very much a promoter of Pilates and, and yoga. That's very much her thing. But it's just about staying active and looking after your body. And, and you can still be exercising and working out and, and looking amazing and whatever, even if you're at that point in your life. So I would say that's the one part of it I would say is, is having a workout with some of those amazing women that are still doing great things at, at that point, midlife as they call it. Yeah, cool. Um, because, sorry, to, but, but because they are going through, although yes, they might be megastars, they're going through the same kind of stuff and the same decisions. And yeah, it would be interesting, I think, particularly for you, but for anyone. And I would love to have, have those conversations and work out with them not in the same way that you want to, I'm not saying you want to work out with Brad Pitt. It's that it would be an interesting conversation. Yeah. What is the motivation? What does, what gets in the way? How do you get over it? Yeah. And for those women who not necessarily aren't even famous that have used exercise as a way of managing some of those symptoms of that, of menopause and midlife and so on, and how yes. that's really benefited them. And that's why somebody like Davina McCall is, I'm not a huge Davina McCall fan. I think, but she, I think the work that she's done around menopause has been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and she's testament to that because she exercises regularly. She looks after herself and she looks great. It's just almost proving that, that I can still have all of that, those experiences, as you said, and feel exactly the same way, but I'm using that that I'm using exercise as a way of managing that and, and supporting me through that stage in your life. So mm -hmm. I think somebody like that would be great. But also there's another part of me that uh, I wouldn't even come to my gym. I would, I would take all of my industry friends, colleagues to somewhere like Club La Santa or something and have a whole, let's get them all there and we could all just exercise and party and do all of that with all of the amazing people that that I have been very fortunate to to have met and know in this industry who are for those people like yourself who've worked in the industry a long time stay in the industry because they're just amazing people they're just great people mm -hmm. to work with and we all have we're similar like-minded with regard to the benefits of exercise and some of people are passionate about what we do um, and also great fun so I, I'd just love to take everybody to a destination and where we can do workouts together and have great dinners and drink wine and laugh a lot. That, that's what, that would be my other. Nice. Yeah, really not a specific answer, but you've got a Davina or a JLo yep. or a Jennifer yep. Aniston, and you've got everyone from the fitness industry that you get on with, which is pretty much everyone, I imagine, all having, yeah, a bit of a workout, but also the follow-up rewards of that celebrating celebrating the friendship and the yeah and being and part of an amazing industry that's the way what a great yes what a great in, individual guest to have in your dream gym <laughs> you did say it's my dream gym guy i can have whatever i want so you that's... can have whatever you want that's that's yeah that's what's so fun about it i think right i hope that people think anyway amazing carol thanks ever so much for your time and for coming on if people, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to 
yeah, get in touch, find out more, talk to you about when we're going to Club Santos. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, when we arrange that trip. Yeah, uh, yeah so it would be obviously through uh, on LinkedIn probably is the best way. Obviously at UK Active as well. Yeah, yeah. that's probably the best way to contact me. I would say LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. To, yes. But yeah, if anybody wants to have a chat about any of the, the, the things that I've talked about, whether it's EDI or the health the health work that we're doing, I'd be mm-hmm. happy to have those conversations and, and introduce them to the, the relevant people within the organisation. Perfect. And the next event coming up, 1st of Feb, I think. Yes, Active Uprising, which is in London this year. So tickets are on sale now. Everybody needs to to get those. But yeah, it's going to be a great, it's a great agenda. Again, quite health focused as well. So it's going to be, yeah, going to be a great day. Excellent. Yes, if you want to find Caroline in person, then that's probably the the next best opportunity. Um, But otherwise, yes, connecting online as always. Caroline, thanks ever so much again for your time, for joining us on your Dream Gym. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. Hi, it's Guy back again with some thank yous and some news on what's next for your dream gym. Firstly, a big thanks to you for listening to this episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. And a thank you again to Caroline for joining us for her time and telling us all about her dream gym, Be Well. We covered everything in there from MSK hubs to um, athleisure wear, um, and then a brilliant club, not just a gym, but a well-being destination with a, a, a focus on fitness, but also obviously on health with everything that UK Active and Caroline are doing. Thanks also to Explore Gym. Please do uh, check out their website, explorgym.co.uk, to get a demo of their software, whether you're thinking of changing or even just looking to see what else is out there and what's possible. Um, I can't recommend Explore Gym highly enough. A couple of favours, if you'd like to help us on the collective and with the podcast, please, first of all, don't forget to like, subscribe, share and review the podcast. And if you know anyone who would like to get involved, either as a guest or as a supporter on this or any of the other podcasts, please get in touch on the socials or email me guy at ggfit.com. Next week on Your Dream Gym, we were hoping to get the man in the big red suit and the sack, Santa Claus, involved, but he's going to be quite busy on Monday and then putting his feet up on Tuesday. So we're going to do the same and have a break next week. But the final two episodes of Series 7 of Your Dream Gym will be out in the new year. So look out for those in your podcast stream if you subscribe. We'll be talking to Blake Fletcher, Country Manager at iFit Free Motion Fitness. So really looking forward to that one. Uh, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and look forward to speaking to you again in the new year. Thanks a lot.